Good morning, everyone. Morning. So good to see you in this house. Amen. <laughs> they may not know you. All right. How many people is new here? Raise your hand if you're new. So you've never seen us before, right? <laughs> hey. Oh, yeah, clap. Okay. That's not why I did it, but I did it so that to introduce ourselves, my name is Joshua Rivera. We're ministers here. This is my wife, Lee Rivera. Uh, we love Jesus. We want you to love Jesus. I sure do. You know, one of the things we spoke about with our church is simplify. And we're going to begin to simplify a lot of things of God. And I think things are a lot of complicated. I think things are like work-related, religion, and so much stuff is going on in the body of Christ. But God wants us to be free. Free from those things and, and to embrace love. You ever been in love before? Nobody's been in love before? <laughs> Who's been in love? Real love. I'm talking about bubble guts love. You know that time you see somebody and you love them? Isn't that wonderful? You know that in Jesus we can be like that all the time? Man, feedback. Doesn't it, it's awesome to be in Christ in that, in that love. And I think a lot of people don't experience that all the time. They experience the love and all of a sudden they return to something else. So I pray that today that we would just bring the God's love to you. And help you build you up for something great. Let's just take this church as we're a new church now. And we're beginning over. And whatever we learned and whatever we made mistakes in, now we're going to go a different way. We're going to go the way the Lord wants. And, and, and all the mistakes we, 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 we learned, we're going to grow stronger. We're going to grow wiser. Amen. And we're just going to break through this atmosphere where, you know, like sometimes you're waiting for God to move in your life and you're waiting for him to do things. And I believe that God is going to do that for us in this season. So just praise God, all right? Amen. And this is my wife. She's going to begin to speak. Bless you. there. Well, I just want to say thank you for coming this morning. I want to talk to the online audience and just thank you for joining us this morning. It's so good to greet you here at 1469 St. Peter's Avenue. I'm sorry you couldn't make it out this morning, but just remember every Sunday at 11 o'clock we have our English service. And at 2 p.m. now we're starting our Spanish services. We've already begun with um, Pastor Burton, and Pastor Alice, so make sure you come on out for that. Let's give, every, let's give them a wave, everybody. Hey. I know some of you, your alarms didn't work this morning. Melissa, I saw your post. I'm just going to shout you out real quick. Teresa, I see you. I just want to say thank you for coming this morning. I spoke a couple weeks back, and so I have a friend that's sitting in the audience this morning. Y'all are looking good. Amen? All right, do me a favor. I want everybody to just stand up for a moment. Some of you may have had a good week. Some of you may have not had such a good week. But what I love about coming into the house of God in worship and when you're just like before the Lord is you can begin to just empty out all the foolishness that maybe you had to deal with, all the dirt that got deposited in you, right? From all the things that you go through at your job or at home or the internal struggle, I love it, we can weep and there's a freedom in this place. But as I was prepping um, for this morning, I just wanted to, I just saw myself just speaking life into you. And so I want to do that this morning. I just had this deep-seated, Holy Spirit-inspired feeling that there have been maybe some words that were spoken to you this week that were not from God. There were some feelings that maybe got thrown your way. Maybe some shade got thrown your way. Maybe somebody made you feel insecure. Maybe somebody made you feel like you were less than, but I want you to know that you are not. Actually, I want you to know that you are the head and you 
you are not the tail. I actually want you to know this morning that you are above only and not beneath. I kind of want you to know also that you're going to prosper and succeed at the thing that God has called you to do. The talent, the ability, the creativity that the Holy Spirit has put on the inside of you, you were created to grow and to blossom in. I want you to know that you are not an insecure, frail, little, intimidated thing, but I want you to know that you have the power of the living God on the inside of you. You have the lion of the tribe of Judah that flows out of every word of your mouth. I want you to know that you were created for destiny. I want you to know that you were created for purpose. I want you to know, like Ephraim said before, that if you have breath in your lungs and you're able, you were able to open your eyes this morning, I want you to know that you were destined for greatness. I don't care what you've walked through. I don't care. Not that I don't care. I mean, I care. But you know what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. Those things don't negate the call of God on you. I want you to know that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that sin that you're battling with, that sin that nobody knows about, that sin that you're keeping sealed tight in your mouth. I want you to know that God does not condemn you. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is not looking at you to this morning and saying, let it go. Because that's not the God we serve. God is saying, give it to me so I can help you grow. Don't just let it go. That is not the heart of God. I want you to know that this morning. I want you to know that there are plenty of people out there in the world that will tell you, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. We have a song about it. Let it go, let it go. Right? Don't let it go. That's not what God wants. God wants you to give it to him. God wants to help you grow through that. Amen? Amen. If you receive that, say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Say it with some stank on it. Say amen. Amen. You guys could have a seat now that I know that you're awake. Amen. Gosh, such a privilege, man. Such a privilege just to be in the house of God. Such a privilege to be able to speak to you. You know, Josh and I just never take this for granted. We are so honored through every fault and failure, through every weakness, through every struggle that God has called people like us to speak to people like you. And our prayer is that when you look at us, you may not know our, our entire story. You may not know our entire marriage. But when you look at us, my prayer is that you would see hope. And that you would say to yourselves, God, if you could use them, if you could use them, if you could use people like them, God, you can use me. God, my prayer is that when you hear my story, I know a lot of you, you know, you hear my story, I go around and I've been sharing my story for the past 20 years. And yeah, it's really deep. And yeah, you know, it's very interesting. And a lot of people are intrigued by it. And a lot of people have a lot of questions for me. And I have a lot of questions for God concerning my story. And that's all fine and well, and I praise God for what he's allowed me to walk through. But my, again, my prayer is that when you hear my story, that when you hear what God has done, you wouldn't just scratch your head and say, wow, how'd she get through all that? My hope is, is that when you hear these things, that it would build your faith and you would say, man, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, when I look at that girl and what God has done, I realize that there is a God that is real that will take me beyond any hurt and any failure and any tragedy and any trauma and will raise me up for the glory of God. I pray that's what you see and what you feel when you hear us and when you see us. I really do pray that. I really do. And so we come to you this morning just filled with a word in our heart, just entirely filled with the Holy Spirit, thanking God 
that again, these struggles, these things that we walk through on a daily basis can never hold us back. It doesn't matter, maybe it's the struggle of the day. You know, you all know, for those of you who don't know, I got five kids, so that's just a lot in and of itself. And trying to manage that in a household, and it can get hectic, but God is always speaking. If we were just to tune our ear, you know what I'm saying? Just even for a moment during the day, God is speaking and he wants to speak. All right, well, with that said, so like, it's like you all know, Josh and I, we've been married for 17 years. We met in our youth group, an amazing youth group, a youth group that, I don't know, the older I get, I just thank God more and more for our, for our youth pastor who really watched out for my soul and made sure that I was growing in the ways of the Lord. And so I just want to sort of side note real quick, just keep our youth ministry in prayer. Keep Pastor Lou and his wife Veronica lifted because they're doing a work that is so crucial, so very crucial to the upbringing of so many young lives. And so, you know, I grew up in a, in, in a youth group, got saved when I was 17, and I have this amazing youth pastor. His name is Pastor Mitchell. Some of you may know him from Harvest Field Church. So big shout out to Harvest Field. Pastor Mitch, Charlotte, we love you. Um, but yeah, he watched out for my soul. And I'll never forget, there was a sermon. Um, there was a sermon that he preached when I was like 17, 18 years old. And it was during a Wednesday night Bible study, and it was about what's called garden friends. You know, I didn't know what that was, and I'll never forget my sister-in-law. Where is she? Oh, she's teaching this morning. Leslie, but the girl with the coral shirt that you need to go to to sign up and ask questions about VBSC. Plug, plug, hashtag plug. Okay, so, so Leslie, my sister-in-law, who was at that time, obviously not my sister-in-law because I was a minor and couldn't be married. Um, Pastor Mitchell paired me up with her, and I remember he said, this is a garden friend, he says to her. This is a garden friend. And so we were all confused, and he went into this beautiful lesson just about a garden and and what we need in that garden to help us grow amen and so there are a lot of things and and and, and there are a lot of um a lot of things we could preach about when it comes to a garden right but i'm going to sort of take the piece on that talks about other people in our garden and so we're going to preach you a message this morning entitled guardians of the garden <laughs> you like that? Thank you, Nathaniel. Where you at, Nate, boy? Whatever you call Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. So guardians of the garden. And, you know, when we think about who, who is guarding our garden, who's looking over our garden, we know that the master gardener, right, is Jesus himself. And we understand that. I mean, we all know that we've been planted into the kingdom of God, right? We all know that the word is the seed, right, that's been implanted in us. So that, like Ephraim said, with every breath we take in of the Holy Spirit, we can pour back out. And it's a beautiful picture, right? But if we look at it like that for too long, it can be very isolated, and it can be a very lonely picture. Because could you imagine a beautiful garden that's growing and nobody there to help cultivate that? And so I had this thought this week, and it was, oftentimes God will not, God will not give you the ability to figure out things on your own or the ability to fix everything by yourself. He will not give you that ability just to be able to teach you how to receive help from others. Now we've been walking with the Lord for a long time. I've been up thankfully on a platform being able to preach to people and let me tell you something. God forbid the day should ever come that I say to myself, "Oh, I don't need nobody else. I got this figured out. I'm good." 
I have arrived, like people like, like church people like to say, I have arrived. I have not arrived anywhere. And I don't care how grown I become in the Lord, I'm always going to need my sisters and I'm always going to need my brothers in some way, shape, or form. Amen? Can we all agree to that? Amen. And so there are certain things, and I think I shared with you a couple weeks back when we were at the school, that I'm on this journey to try and find my biological family, and it hasn't been easy, and a lot of questions have come up in my mind and in my heart, and a lot of things have been brought to the surface, and so I've been struggling with some things. Like, I've just really been struggling. I'll be honest with you. I've been, you know, there are a couple other people in this room that know. I've just been struggling, right? And so for a while, I was just keeping sort of this this struggle inside of myself because, you know, I the, the way that I was raised, I had so much sort of trauma happening at all times in my life. I, I didn't feel safe sharing it with anybody. I always felt like I was going to be judged or I always felt like I, you know, was pouring something into somebody that they didn't want to hear. I didn't, you know, and, and, and feeling that loss of control if I shared. And so I never did. And so unfortunately, some of that is spilled over into my adulthood. Some of those bad habits, not sharing them, becoming a mom and feeling like I always got to be strong and I always got to be there for people and I always got to listen to you, but I don't really need to take the time to make sure anyone's listening to me. And let me tell you, that's a lie. That's, that's not true. We need people to listen to us. We do. We need it. We need it. I believe in that. And so every time I, I kind of hit a brick wall and I can't figure it out for myself and I can't fix it on my own, God tells me, well, I've put people there. I've put people there. And I thank God for my sisters in Christ. Oh, my word. I thank God for my sisters in Christ. I thank God, those of you, you know who you are, who I have been able to just lay my soul bare, totally bare, naked and vulnerable in my soul to show the real struggle of what I'm going through. And it's not easy. It's not easy. But what I tell you is just like the, I think it's in the book of James, it says that if you confess your faults one to another and pray for one another, that you will be healed, right? And so when I share, and when you share, always do it in the faith. I'm going to confess my fault. I'm going to confess this struggle. And I'm going to pray with this person so that I can be healed. And so I've noticed in recent times I've been crying out for healing. And I got, I've been angry about that. Because there are certain things in my life that I feel like I should be over that already. Anybody ever feel that way? Like, why is this coming back up? I am a grown woman. Like, I am a mother. I am a minister. Why is this slapping me in the face again? And you know what? I'm good for running. I really am. Listen, I was the biggest runaway in my foster agency. I mean, they had my face plastered on like every other precinct because I was always AWOL, always. So I know how to run away. I know, and I know how to do it well. I knew how to hide from the cops, and I knew how to make sure I covered myself so that they wouldn't find me. But we can't run from Jesus. You can't run from the Holy Spirit. You can try to run. Let me, let me correct that statement. You can try to run from the Holy Spirit, but when he has your heart, he's always going to find you out. You're always going to come back to that place of surrender. Always, I promise you. And I love that about God. He's not going to let you get away with that wound that's still on the inside of you. There's so much anointing. There's so much power on the inside of you, right? And it's nothing that has to fall on you. It is already within you. And you access that anointing and that power by the degree in which you are willing to surrender 
and to get healing and to get freedom from the Holy Spirit. Can we agree on that? Okay. So when we say, Holy Spirit, come down, come down, mm, that's not really biblical because the Holy Spirit is in us. And if we want more, if we want to be used more, then may I suggest surrender. May I suggest you watch who's guarding your garden. May I suggest that you get garden friends who you can trust and you can stay close with and who will agree with you and not judge you on your struggle and not make you feel like a failure and not make you feel like you are beneath them. But people, people that will guard your garden to help you grow and to help you flourish. You know, the wonderful thing is that we are not the only ones in the Bible who needed somebody to help watch over our garden. I love the story of King David and the prophet Nathan. And, and, and in the Bible, it only talks shortly about their interactions. And you wouldn't really think that they were sort of BFFs the way that they were if you skipped the part in 1 Samuel where David actually names one of his sons after the prophet Nathan. So this is how you know. I mean, you don't go and name your kid after somebody unless you're really close with them, you know? And what I love about Nathan is that not only was he a man of God and he was close to David, but he, he encouraged David and he told David, David, go and do everything that's on your heart to do for the Lord. Now, David, being a mighty man of God, being this ferocious king and warrior, he didn't necessarily need anyone to tell him what was to do, what was on his heart to do, did he? Because from the outside, it probably looked like he had all the confidence he needed, but only a friend, right, could look at somebody that mighty and that strong and come up behind them and say, you know what, they need encouragement. You know what, David, you go, you go ahead and you do everything that's on your heart to do. And then Nathan here goes to bed that night and he hears from God and God tells him, Go back to David, tell him that I'm going to establish his house and the generations after him. But the thing is, is that he can't build me a house. David's desire was to build God a temple. He couldn't do that because he had blood on his hands. But then Nathan goes back to David and he tells him, you know what? God's going to establish your house forever, forever and ever and ever. And your son is going to build that house. And his son was Solomon and he went on to build the temple of the Lord. But the point is, is that he went to give Nathan, he went to give David an encouragement. The Lord spoke to him and then he went back to tell him the Holy Spirit truth. Right? And then David gets caught up in an adulterous affair. And just like a good faithful friend, Nathan goes and tells him the truth. In fact, the way he did it was very interesting. So Google that when you get home, the story of Nathan and David and so the way he does that is really interesting but anyway he's obedient to the Lord and he goes and he tells David something he doesn't want to hear and he calls out his sin because that's what a garden friend does someone who's guarding your garden that's sent by the Lord will call out your sin I want you to know that if you if you got people that are guarding over your garden and they're not telling you the truth and I'm not talking about they got to call you out every five seconds. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if they're not sharing with you and being open with you and telling you the truth, then I would second, I would take a second thought to who that, who, who's watching over your garden. And so anyway, Nathan goes and he, he, he calls out David's sin and David receives it. And David goes and he repents before the Lord. And the story is amazing. And it's what's amazing to me is that even somebody like David needed a, someone to watch over his garden, needed somebody. And I'm sure that he valued 
and, and appreciated his friendship so greatly that he went and named one of his own sons after him. And now when we get to the New Testament, I think about Jesus and the woman at the well. And I don't know if you guys know that story, but I'll tell you, again, Google it. You should definitely be doing your study in the Word. But the woman at the well and Jesus, she was an adulterous woman. She had already had five husbands. She went to the well, and she went to go get some water, and she wasn't supposed to be talking to a Jew, let alone a man. And so she meets Jesus at the well, and the story goes on to say that Jesus tells her all about herself. But really, he didn't tell her every single detail, although they don't give us, the Bible doesn't give us the entire script, I don't believe. But what was significant was that he goes on to tell her, you've had five husbands. And he goes on to not just call out her sin, but he goes on to give her healing and says, go and sin no more. Just go and sin no more. He said, when you drink from me, you'll have the water of life. You'll never thirst again. And what I saw in that story was friendship. Jesus himself, the son of God, befriended a woman who had no business in the presence of a holy God. And yet he became a friend to her in that moment and he told her the truth and he brought her healing. And she went back to glorify his name and tell all the people about who he was. Did he condemn her for her sin? No. Should your garden friend condemn you? Should the guardian of your garden condemn you because you have sin in you? No. Just like Jesus, that garden friend should be speaking healing into you, should be speaking life into you, and should be offering you some sort of assistance and saying, you know what, how can I help you with that? And I love that picture of Jesus and the woman at the well. I love that because you know what? None of these other women that were around her were telling her the truth. I'm sure they're, they're, they were all just sitting in judgment against her. Oh, let me, we got to keep her away from our husband. You know, I'm sure they shamed her till there was no end. I'm sure they said things behind her back and no one ever spoke up and said, you know what? Maybe we should tell her, you know, like mean girls in high school. Maybe we should tell her that there's something wrong. But they didn't want to do that. So Jesus comes in and he becomes that friend. And I said to you earlier how the Holy Spirit is not willing so that you should just let things go, right? Is that what he told the woman at the well? When he guards over our garden, he requires us to, to surrender. But he's not saying let it go. He's saying let me help you grow. Let me help you grow those things that are coming out of you. Because you know what? There are good things in the garden that grow, and there are some really funky things that grow, right? I don't need to go into the whole planting thing because I really don't even understand fully about all that anyway. I can't keep a flower alive in my house. I'm sorry. I guess it's all fake. It's all of them. All the flowers I have in my house, they're fake, and then I spray some spray, and it smells nice. But there are some things that grow that are not good. And those are the things that God wants to uproot. And those are the things that God wants to take out. But I want you to just reflect for a moment as my husband comes and think about who are those people that are watching over my garden? You have more time. Amen. I don't know. I just feel, I feel the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. You know, George, last week, Pastor George said, uh, when he was ending the sermon, he said, uh, what's next? 
And he quoted this scripture. He said this. This is found in John 15, verse 1. He goes, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He who cuts off every branch in me and bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be, it be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit on it by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit, fruit unless you remain in me. I just want to establish something today. In, our, in all our mistakes that we make, there is no way impossible on this earth that you can stop doing bad things or stop having a bad nature on your own. Because if you could, you don't need Jesus. If I could stop being bad on my own, I don't need Jesus. For some reason, I need Jesus. And he gives a perfect example of being the branch and him being the vine. There's no way a branch could bear fruit or bear grapes unless it's, unless it's with a, connected to the source, which receives the nourishment and the vitamins and the water and stuff like that, right? And when it comes to the pruning time, that's the time when things need to be broken off. Some garbage, some broken sticks, things got to hinder the tree from growth. You know that tree that fell on, a, on, a, on the church wasn't pruned right. It waited till it got to a, a, the season of its full maturity, and then because of the disease or the brokenness of that tree, it broke, and it crashed down into the church. In our young stage of our, of our salvation, a young stage of our church, God wants to begin to prune us and show us the way. And let us know today that you cannot do this by yourself. She spoke about with the people helping you, but on your, on your own with Jesus Christ, there's no way you can do it without Christ in your life. He's the one that breaks the sin. Or he's the one that put the sin on the cross. He's the one that w washed you clean. You didn't wash yourself clean. So why do we keep trying to do the right thing? Why do we keep trying to not do the mess up? It, it, we, we follow all these rules and don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do this. You end up doing it anyway. What was it? What Peter said? What Paul said? The things I want to do. What Peter said? Paul? The things I want to do, I, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. Why? On our own strength, we cannot do it. But in Christ, we can do it. And I had a dream the other night where I was asking God to give me something. And I go through these torment stuff. You know why I go through the torment stuff when I have to, like, preach? Because God said, if you don't put grace in it, I'm not gonna, you ain't going to be comfortable. Because if the grace of God is not in it, then you can't speak it. And then I saw, I saw people from the church. I just saw people all around doing stuff. I don't know people were doing cleaning, whatever they were doing. And I saw, like, this big thumb, like a thumbs up. Over everybody. And I was like, I, I wasn't sure what I was looking at because I'm trying to make it spiritual in the dream. But all I saw was like a emoji of a thumbs up. You know, you get the emoji of a thumbs up. And God said, I already approved you. Why are you looking for approval? Why do we look for approval for God? If I do the right thing, he will accept me. If I do this, I can grow. If I do this, I can grow. And God said, I already gave you the approval. Because you're connected to me, that's how you grow. And I'm going to read the scripture in John 15 going down. This is verse, I think it's 9, if I'm not mistaken, 9. This is what everything's about. This is what we need to begin in your life, in my life, to be, everything has to be about this and nothing else, okay? Everything else God will teach, everything else you will grow. As you seek this thing, everything will fall in line. This is John 15, 9. I read the scripture so that you can't say I'm quoting some nonsense, right? And I learned to read. You notice I learned to read here throughout the years, right? You don't get the story, but I used to misread things. <laughs> As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. 
if you keep my commandments, this is, this is very important. This is what I struggled when I was reading this. Because automatically when I hear that, I'm thinking of the Ten Commandments, right? And all this stuff. Watch. Just watch this. You will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love, I have told you this so that, so that my joy may be, be in you. And Excuse me. My exterior goes. <laughs> I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. You ready? Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no love than this to, to lay down one's life for a friend. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You, you did not choose me, but I have chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. That's important right there. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. What we do, we don't abide in all these works and try to be, be perfect and stuff like that. What we're supposed, when we're connected to the Father, we're supposed to abide, abide in his love. And in abiding in his love, we can do all, all things. Because without him, we cannot do anything. The most important thing in our lives is to make sure that we're in the love of the Father. And connected to the Father. As we learn his love and learn how he sees us and how he speaks to us and how he delivered us. It makes it a lot easier to love other people. Because we're not loving them in our own conditions. We're not loving them in ways that we think is right. Or what they deserve. You know how I many? I've been hearing a lot of crazy stuff. I'm not going to say what exactly it is. Because, but I've been hearing a lot of crazy stuff. And it's all about like rules and works. And a lot of this person don't deserve that. That person don't deserve this. This person, that, that person, I don't want to touch that person. I don't want to deal with that person. So much of stuff like that. But yet, we sit there thinking that we're growing. There is no possible way that we are growing without the love of the Father. We can do a lot of stuff. But without Jesus, you can't do nothing. You can't love nobody. Because one minute somebody be praying for you and love you. The next minute they're talking about you behind your back. And we want to grow and say, well, I don't like that person. I don't like that. You know, we heard, we, 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 I don't want to get, I, I'm careful what I say, right? But sometimes people say, I don't like who's preaching up there today. You know, we really, I don't care what you don't like. The fact of the matter is, if I'm sharing the love of God, if someone's sharing the love of God for you, learning for that, where is your love for the other person? Have you reached a plateau, like she was saying in your life, that you can speak judgment upon everyone else that comes before you, that doesn't do things the way you do it? I believe in my life, you know what I'm called to do? I'm called to bring, me and my wife, we're called to bring love to people and show people, you know what, that's not the way. God says do it this way. It's not my way, it's what the word says. If you don't have love, I'm telling, that's why I said in the beginning, you ever been in love? Some people never been in love before. No, no, true love, because when they were in love, the love betrayed them, and then they considered that's what love is. Love is fake. It's going to betray you at any moment. Someone's going to hurt your feelings. Someone's going to disappoint you. It only is conditional. If I do these things, if I'm nice to people, then they'll continue to love me. If I do what they say, they'll love me. If I kiss their reverence, you know, they will love me. If I, if I, everything they say, yes, yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's not awesome. Because we want acceptance. I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I want people to see me in a good light. I want that, I want that feeling. But it's counterfeit. That's not real love. Real love speaks the truth. Real love breaks chains. 
Real love doesn't judge. Real love took it, went on the cross and died for us, even when we were in our sin. So you can't change yourself. You need Jesus' love to change you. I just want to proclaim over you today, stop the battle. You know, a friend of my job had a dream about me, and she was laughing about it. She was like, oh, I just dream. I'm a psychic and all this nonsense. I hope she's watching. I didn't mean to say that if she's watching. <laughs> we love you. We love you. But she had this dream where somebody was watering the garden, and she said it was so beautiful, so green and stuff like that. And the guy's name was Joshua. So then when she knows, she said, I seen you come out and you like buffed out. I don't know. She said I was buffed out. And I went out there and I started saying, can I help? And I began to help and, and take care of the garden. And she laughed and she said this. She said, what is this, Joshua versus Joshua? And when I, she said that in the dream, I just walked out the, out the office ready to go cry and just walked away. She had no clue what it was about. But for me, I knew. Because the, the problem was the battle was me against me. In the process of the growth that God is doing in my life, there was a battle. And the battle wasn't against the enemy. It wasn't against my wife. It wasn't against my family. It was against myself. How I saw myself or how I felt like I had to grow and what I had to do to achieve things was a battle for me. But if I'm connected to Jesus and that love, I'm able to overcome. I'm able to be free. I don't know. A lot of people, I, I, say, I, I speak from my own experience, but... I believe a lot of people don't know what it is to be free in Jesus. They come to church and, and they, they celebrate and stuff like that. But they come home, they go home depressed. And there is no joy. And I, don't know, I didn't feel nothing. I, just, I used to say that, you know. I'd be in church, I don't feel nothing. I don't know. There must be no anointing here. And God said, you, you, God said you, you know what your problem is? You closed up. You don't know what love is about. You're used to that old school church where it was just like, well, they don't do this, so that must be the problem. They do this. And I'm sitting there in, in worse than the person I'm complaining about, thinking that I'm, I'm doing justified because this is what I think God is about. But it's about love. I'm telling you right now, if we don't move in love, in the love of God in our church, in our relationship with him, we're just going to come to a place where we feel like that tree and we're going to fall. God is here now and stopping it now and pruning us now and teaching us now so that in the, when we fully mature, we can stand without crumbling, without breaking, without hurting someone else that's under us. Now is the time for that. But if I don't know God's love, then how can I, how can I share it? I see so many people throughout the years where they want to get back to God. They want to get back to God. They say, okay, I got to clean myself up. Other people would say, um, um, they, they, it's like a religious uh, s steps that they take to receive God. Like I said, well, I got to do this. I'll pray more. As I pray more, as I, I, I go to the front, they do this. If I do this, I guess they'll see me cry. And then when I cry, I, I'm telling you, when you're you a teenager, teenagers feel like they don't connect to this. Let me tell you, when I was a youth, that's all we did. All we did was cry and then leave the same way. Because I didn't understand what God's love was about. All I knew was what that was being taught in the church. So when I would go to church and we go to altar, it would be a nice service. And I just feel, I guess this is what I got to do. I'll come to the front, get on the floor, start crying, leave. And we're all hugging each other. Like, yeah, we, 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 we're holy now. We're holy now. And 10 minutes later, I would go home. And I was like, we're hanging out on the corner smoking weed. Nothing changed. Why nothing changed? Because you know why? The love of God wasn't in that place. I didn't allow the love of God to do what it's supposed to do. I just knew it in steps of religion. If I'm a, I, had, I had this picture of a vine and stuff like that because I, I think I preached this one time before. But if you look at the vine, the branches, where the Bible says we're the branches and Jesus is the vine. And we bear fruit. Can a vine bear fruit on its own? Can the branches bear fruit unless it be connected? 
How can you bear fruit that will answer us and love us? Automatically, everything is made righteous in us. So you have a thumbs up approval. I just want to establish that right. You are approved by God, by righteousness. Now your duty, our job, if you could say it like that, is to allow God to love you and just and allow that love to pour out on you and unto other people and love other people. That's our job. Yeah, that's preaching and that's reading words and studying and stuff like that. But the, without the love of God, none of that means anything. Doesn't the Bible say that? Well, if you do this and you do that, you do that. But if love is not in your heart, it's like a clean bell or gonging symbols. It doesn't mean nothing to God if there's no love follower. If you take care of somebody, care for the poor, and stuff, but there's no love, that doesn't mean anything. Without love as a surface, the, the, the main core purpose of our lives, everything else doesn't matter. So I want to say this to you today. I don't want to use the love because the love, world love is, is, is fake, yo. Because it's conditional based on what you do. But Jesus' love is not conditional. So if you've never been loved by Jesus today, never know what that love is about. Never felt that love. Never felt free in your hearts. I just want to ask you to stand up. Really, really know that love. Because when there's anger inside of us still, and we're trying to deal with our sins, and still deal with the things that are making us struggle, and we're holding on to these burdens and stuff like that, and we're trying to fix it and fix it and fix it, I tell you this, if you go into the love of Jesus Christ, he will cut that off for you. That bondage of sin, that nicotine addicts, the drugs, anything that's, that's got to, pornography, whatever it is, Jesus will cut that off for you because that's how much he cares about us. He, his, 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 the glory of God goes because we bear fruit. When we bear fruit, it goes glory to God. He wants to give glory to his father. So he, he heals us and breaks these things in our lives and he shows us love. I just want you to know God's love. There is no way, I always, I always speak to the leadership about this. If we're going to go to the next place in our lives, if the core thing is not the God's love in our lives and in doing that thing, we're in trouble. What's going to happen next? The floor is going to fall out and we're all going to fall in? Can I be real? We love Jesus and he loves us even more. So I just want you to come to the front. I want you to come to the front. If you feel, if you feel that, that I want to feel the fullness of God's love in our lives. I, I, I want to experience that because you know what's happening in this season? God is raising up people. He's not raising up people that look a certain way. He's looking for people that in their hearts love Jesus. And want to do the work of the Lord. Even if that's you right now. If, if you want, if you're called to the ministry of gospel. And you know that your heart is to, to reach souls and to minister. I want to call you up. And empower you in, in the love of Jesus Christ too. If your minister's here, I want you to come up. I'm basically saying like if everybody's not up here, something's wrong. But I don't want to go into a detail. But I'm saying it's time now. Now is the time. The worship team could come up. Now is the time where God begins something new. Not that you don't know Jesus, because, you know, people say, well, I'm not, I've been in church a long time, I know everything. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a next step level that God wants. We talk about going deeper, deeper, deeper into your love, deeper into your love. What's that song, Good, Good Father, we were singing? You're a good, good father. Can we sing that? It's who you are. It's all about love, that song. You hear it's about. And as we grow in deeper into Jesus, it's about love. It's not about, I know more scriptures. I can't quote whole scriptures. I mean, when I was a youth, they had, we had a convention, and kids would quote whole Bibles. That was, like, amazing. Whole books of the Bible. I couldn't do that. But without love, that don't mean nothing. That's irrelevant if you don't know Jesus and you don't know his love. So as they sing, I, I, we'll see something afterwards, but as they sing this song, I want you to, I actually really want you to connect to this, this love of Jesus. Because by, by that alone, that's where you're going to grow fruit.
By that alone, you're going to be able to help the people around you. You're going to be able to help your church. Get people to the next level. Find people. It's just so important that you find people and connect with people that really know Jesus, not just people that want to be in your business. Be careful for that. I just pray right there the spirit of discernment on you that you will know that you won't spread your stuff to people. Next thing you know, I find out about it later on because everybody told that you was in a club doing some crazy stuff. I don't want to know that, but I'm, what I'm saying is you be careful who you share. There are, there are gossipers in the church. There are people that here want to get, get ahead of you and try to hurt you. Yeah, there are people. It's sad to say, but there are some people, not everybody here for Jesus. Can I be real? Let's be real. What we're trying to establish in this church, that everybody in this church loves Jesus. That everybody's in line with what God wants to do. That everybody sees the Father's way and we want to follow and teach the way to someone else. That's our job and that's what we want to do in this place. Amen? So as they sing this song, I just want you to just really just serve the Lord and just lo love, let them love on you today. You know, there's no effort that I'm asking you to do. What I'm asking you to do is just allow God to love on you. As he pours his love on you, there is no other way you want to go but his way. Amen?